introducing the Dark Girl Boss podcast for the melanated woman and girl across the globe. Unlock your genes of greatness. Feel powerful within the skin you are in. Love your unique DNA through our stories, facts, original narratives, quotes and poems. Join me, your host, Khadija Ward, on all major podcast platforms. Feel great and do great with the Dark Girl Boss podcast, not to be missed. Welcome, Empresses, to the Dark Girl Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Khadija Ward, and this is episode four. Your current situation is not your final destination. So before we go into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about, if I may, um, my tours to Sierra Leone. Um, the all-girls trip to Sierra Leone that I'm organising um, for this December 2023. So um, I've laid down some routes in Sierra Leone. I was there as well for last year. I spent six months there. Absolutely beautiful. Oh, heaven. It's absolute heaven. And um, I have a tour company as well, so it's Jeans of Greatness Tours. And I want you, my girls, to experience the magnificence of Sierra Leone. Now, the trips that I do, it usually includes everybody. So, you know, family, you know, whatever. But I thought this time I would do a specific trip for girls, um, women, girls and women. So, um, as I said, December, and it's going to be absolutely fabulous. It's um heritage trip, so you, and you go on tours all across Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone is really vast. It's really hilly. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and you can look at it and see what you really think about Sierra Leone. I want you to experience the magnificence of Africa. I mean, there's other people um, that I know in the UK. So I have other um, colleagues and friends that do tours to different parts of Africa. And you're welcome to go and experiment those parts and if you want to know more about those give me contact me and i can give you the details for people that do tours across um africa different parts of the continent but i'm doing ones to sierra leone and i want you to experience that i want you to come and experience it and see really what living is really about and also part of that tour um i've teamed up with somebody else so they we'll be doing um you'll be going to it's called afri caribbean so what they've done is they've taken the concept of the Notting Hill Carnival and mixed it with Africa as well. So it's Afri-Caribbean. So it, it's going to be great. Um, that, and that's for one week. And that will be, um, you know, live music, um, you know, soca, uh, Caribbean, all, all, you know, carnival stuff. So that will be a really good part of the tour as well. So if you do want to know more about this tour, you can contact me. Um, you can contact me at my email address. For me, my current situation is I have a house that's mortgaged up to the hilt. Uh, when I was younger, and that isn't a way to live. When I was younger, um, I always thought to myself, I don't want to have a mortgage because it's just, oh, just imagine just having all that debt for years and years and years. But anyway, the system push it, pushes you in a way that, that's the goal. Get a house, get a house, get a house, get a house, get a house. You finish paying for it when you're dead. 
and you, and it ties you to the system. So these are all the tricks that the system plays on you. You're tied into this system because you've got this mortgage. You don't even own the land. They say it's freehold. The land's owned by the queen. You don't even own the goddamn land on there. But if you go, you go to Africa, you buy land, you own the land. That's it, your land. You build on whatever you want on that land. That's it. You own it, it's yours. Very, very different. But here, there's different, our final destinations are not that great. And we're all living within this maze, within the system. And we think it's a good life because we don't know anything else. We need to be shown what living is. What is living all what living is all about? And that's when we can change. I mean, I don't some people might be very happy with their current situation, and that's absolutely fine. I'm not asking anyone to change that doesn't want to change. All I want to do is to show you that there is a way that you know your final destination can be absolutely fabulous. And that's all that I'm trying to show you. Some years ago in 2000, and I think it was 15 or 16, 2016, um, I spent six months in Barbados because I was actually trying to change my current situation. I didn't want to stay in England. I didn't want to live in England. So I stayed in Barbados for six months to see if I could live there, make a life there. And, oh, you know, I love Barbados. I've got, you know, half of my family there. Um, But I found that I couldn't live there. It was just too small and too expensive. They were two things that I thought that put me off of living in Barbados. Um, but anyway, um, you know, I discovered Africa. I discovered Africa and I thought I'd died and gone to heaven, you know, because it was just like, this is where I really should be. And it, the experience was just, God, it's indescribable. I just, I actually felt my body changing. The first time I went to Africa, I could feel internally it was changing. My body was adapting to the proper climate environment that it was supposed to be in, that it was born, created to be in, I was in, and it was adapting, uh, my body was adapting to it. But um, such good living, fresh fruit and real food, real good food, not GM. I even cooked on a coal fire and I loved it. I felt connected with the ancestors all the time, particularly, though, when I visited uh, specific parts where their lives were forever changed. You know, I was falling asleep to the sound of the sea. I've had insomnia since the age of about 20, and um, I went to Sierra Leone and it vanished. No more sleep problems. But when I came back to UK, the insomnia returned, so that tells me that there's an environmental issue. You know, it was just beautiful. And to be in a place where everyone looks like me was heaven. Only when I spoke with my British accent, they were shocked because they thought I was Sierra Leonean, you know, looking at me. I felt totally relaxed every minute of the day. I made so many friends. And I was staying at my friend's beach resort. So I was sitting on the beach alone. And two beautiful women called me over and said, in Salone, no one sits alone by themselves. Um, their names were Aisha and Fat Matter, and we're now really good friends. You know, just, oh, Africa, it's just heaven. Absolute heaven. Anyway, so, you know, as I said, I spent six months um, in Sierra Leone last year. And for me, I've decided that that's going to be my final destination. 
And I've taken steps in order to make that happen. That's what I'm doing. I do not want to live out, live my life in Europe because Europe isn't the place for me. And not just men- mentally, spiritually, and physically, I'm not supposed to be in Europe as a person of African descent. I'm just not. And my body isn't designed to be in Europe in a cold country in this climate. It isn't. I mean, when I, I mean, I look, so when I go to Africa, I look like about 10 years younger. I don't know if any of you have seen that film, old film, Countess Dracula. Yeah. She's, um, needs the blood of virgins to stay young. And then you see her, she's all looking young when she has the blood. And then she goes to marry the young guy at the end, but she's run out of the blood. And then he lifts up the veil and she's all crinkled. <laughs> I just find that so hilarious. Anyway, that's me. I'm the one, how she, when she has the blood of the virgins, that's me when I'm in Africa. When I come back to England, I'm the, when she, when he lifts up the veil and he sees the crease all crinkled skeleton looking. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I just, I'm amusing myself here, but you know, you just look, we go to, when we're in our proper environment is what I'm trying to say is just, we just look how we're supposed to look. I know that black doesn't crack and we look like we still look good when we're in Europe. But when you're in your proper environment, you look how you're supposed to look. Your body functions how it's supposed to function. Yeah. And it's just life is just so much better. And as I said in my podcast last week, when I quoted Akon, when he said that all black people should go to Africa, you can start. It's the only place that you can start up and build a Fortune 500 company within five years. Whatever you're doing here, here as in he meant Europe, go and do it there. You can do anything there. And as I was saying about the maze, because we live in the maze, yeah, think about the mice in the maze, because we're not shown, we don't know anything else. We don't really know where we're from. We haven't experienced where we're from. We don't want to go there because we don't know anything about it. If we don't know it, we don't want to go there. We don't want to experience it. But I want you to experience it. And that's why I created the tours, Genes of Greatness tours, just to give you that experience. And there would be no pressure to say, come and live in Sierra Leone. Come. There's no pressure not to do that. That's not what I do. What I do is show you an alternative and give you a chance, yeah, to change your final destination. That's what I do. I'm back, girls. You know, I remember this um, listening to this couple. I think they was on YouTube. It was years ago. They were an American couple, and they were talking about how America portrays Africa, and it portrays Africa as you know being really poor, not a place to be. You know, all the negative, negative, negatives. That's how they portray it. And so, this couple said that you know this is what they've been fed all their lives in America. So they had no desire to go to um, Africa at all. And I don't know, something happened that they, <clears throat> excuse me, that they went on holiday. It may have been Gambia or Ghana. Let me say, let me say Gambia. 
it was one of those. And um, they went and they just couldn't believe it, what they saw. It was just like the total opposite to what was portrayed to them. And you know what this couple did? They ended up emigrating to Africa, to Gambia. Or Ghana, I think it was one of those two. <clears throat> but that's what they did. <clears throat> because their eyes had been opened. They'd realised that they'd been fed lies, you know, all this time. And, you know, they saw, they saw the reality and they made that, they made that their final destination. I, I just thought that was just wonderful, wonderful story. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. When I talk to people about, you know, final destination and, you know, Africa is a great place as the final destination for, for you, for your people. Um, people tend to put barriers up. So people say, oh, not everyone has money to go to Africa. You can't go to Africa. Um, they don't even recognize us as Africans. Oh, those people, they live hand to mouth. And there's all of these negativity, all of these barriers. But to me, that's the, um, the system speaking where the system has brainwashed you. That's where it's speaking. Uh, sorry. That's where it's, um, making you speak in that way and put those barriers up because you're not supposed to go to Africa. So you're supposed to see Africa as not a viable place to be or live. But whilst you're thinking like that and you're running around like mice within the maze, the Europeans and the Chinese are running back to Africa and, and taking all its resources and building there and building up there and, and also creating um, avenues for their children to get there. I mean, I've heard that the Chinese even have made it so that some of their, their children, they have um, African passports for certain parts of the continent so that they can go there freely, go in and out, go there and everything. So, just beware, while you're putting up the barriers, those of you that are doing that, other people are going back to your homeland, the motherland, and taking what is rightfully yours. So I just want that to sink in for a moment. Let that sink in. As a result of the maze, the system, we end up being used as commodities for the prison system. We end up placing our children in a corrupt education system where their power is taken away. You're exploited as serial consumers and there is no benefit to you when you're spending this money within this system. And you're kept in communities where you're demobilised and you're poor. And to quote... Marcus Garvey, without commerce and industry, a people perish economically. The Negro is perishing because he has no economic system. Dark Girl Boss quote, without unity, we will perish. And without recognising glory of our race and putting it first, we won't obtain unity. End of quote. So in order to change your current situation, you must unashamedly and without guilt, put the interest of your race first in every aspect of your life. Many of the greats have told us and shown us the benefits in race first, and we must take heed. When you think race first, you will oviate from the clutches of oppression, servitude and racism. You will create and share, multiply wealth so that you and yours prosper. When you think and put race first, your focus will shift towards nation building, collective wealth and power. That's how you will create 
a great final destination, which will remove you and yours from the maze. It will feel so natural. You won't even have to be encouraged. You will feel the need to do it because you will feel the greatness within yourself and realize how great you are and how great your people are. I'm back, girls. Let's talk a little bit about um, the current situation of your children within the school system, because that's that is their current situation. That's where they spend most of the time. That's where they're educated to fail. That's where they're molded um, to behave how society wants them to behave as adults. And that's where their power is taken away. So let's talk a little bit about that. The power of intellect, the power of emotional intelligence, the power of seeing through people with self-confidence may prove to be a problem for some adults. And those adults are people that don't have much self-esteem. Um, yeah, whom I would suspect would have self-esteem issues or hate issues, or some even are envious. So they aim to quash the power of any child who may appear outside of the norm, like a school teacher that I had, for instance. Um, I may have told you about this teacher before. Yes, she was just, she just really hated me, this teacher. She just picked on me. I was 11 years old. You know, I was the only um, black child in the class at that point. It was secondary school. I was 11 and she just picked on me, shouted at me, humiliated me. It's very awful, very awful thing to experience. But I don't want to go into that too much. But anyway, um, as a child, um, it may, and it did prove difficult for me to prevent adults from quashing my power simply because I was a child and, um, you know, adults hold the power over children through the system, structures, processes, rules and regulations. They're all created by adults. So they have the power to say what is and what isn't. And it's really hard to fight them. Take a look at what's happening to your children now in schools, in the place, the institution that we've placed our children in to be educated. We've put our children in the hands of the system to be educated. Look at what's happening now with classifications of sexuality. They're teaching children as young as five about sexuality. And you have all of this binary, non-binary. If I'm a girl, I can be a boy. If I'm a boy, I could be a girl. It's just confusing. It's confusion for children. And they have taken away, in so doing, they're taking away power, the children's power, because they're not allowing them to, you know, really think for themselves. They're forcing them to be a particular way. And to me, that's about taking away the children's power so that they can control them. This is all about mind control. They control the mind and then the, with that mind, then you do, you do actions according to, you know, how you, how you think. And that's what they're doing in school. So these are some of the reasons as well that we need to remove ourselves and create, you know, final destinations for our children as well, because we haven't done that. And that's why we find ourselves in these situations, our children as well, in these situations where other people and the system, let's say the system that's been created by people, that's why they're able to control our children because we haven't 
done anything else. We haven't given them an alternative. And the alternative can't really be within like the system. So the whole of the Europe, so for, let's say um, UK, for example, and America as well, the whole of the system exists within the country. That's the system. That's how it operates through the system, through the different structures, the policies, the practices. So we can't really operate effectively outside of that because we still won't have power. We'll be we'll be in our own little you know bubble. Um, you know, say we was we had our own housing, we had this, and we had everything that was our own. It was run by us, but still, it isn't complete power because we're not the people that are in power. We're still within operating within that system. So we need to think about properly creating a final destination that removes us and our children um, from this current system that we're in. So your children can be uh, the next generation leaders of the African. It's that simple. That's what we have to do in order to make them leaders. So I guess what I'm saying is that our young people that are in the system, that, you know, they're powerful. So we, we, live in this, we live in this society within these systems, yeah? So, you know, whatever power they have is going to be quashed by the system so that the system molds it molds them to their way of thinking, their way of doing things, their way of cre creating um, how they want them, how they want them to live and what their destination, what their situation should be and what their final destination will be. This is what this is all about, quashing the power of the children so that they can mold them into what they want. And we see that all through the different structures. We see that all through the, the school systems, the, the so-called, well, it's a corrupt school system. So we see it all through the, those systems. So we hand our children over to the school system from when they're, say, age about five. And throughout those years, many, many years, um, we're allowing them to educate our children. But what they're really doing is brainwashing them and taking away their power. So then we find ourselves as adults in a situation where we're living within a system that we can't get out of. And it isn't necessarily a good way to live. Our minds become blinkered. We can't see ourselves outside of that system, living outside of that system. And the way the system operates is it throws things at you so that anything else doesn't look like a good way to live. The best way to live is living within this system. So for me, for the children, it's about taking the children, having our children and making sure that we mold that power, we help that power, we, we nurture their power so that they know where they come from and they know where they're going. This is all about the destination. And I, that's why I'm saying that where we are now, our current situation, it doesn't have to be finally where we are because there are some of us out there that know there's something else. There's a better way of life, how we should be living, how we as a people should be living. And it's up to us people to show the other people that are unaware how we can do this and how we can make that particular change for a better life for you as an individual and us as a people, as a community, as a race. <laughs> Thank you.
I tend to serve others with, with my power. So I use my power to help other people. And throughout my life, I often find that people are drawn to me and confide in me their innermost secrets and seek my advice and empowerment, even some whom I've met for the first time. And I feel honoured by this. I believe it is because I provide people with an unspoken comfort, a spirit, if you will, that makes them feel safe as I have their best interests at heart, and they know that. Um, I'm aware that I also have the power to change hearts and minds and make people believe in me and in themselves, which is an honourable feeling indeed, and that's why I do what I do. I'm compelled to do what I do, to serve you to serve my community. I'm compelled to do this. I have to do this. It, it, it is within me. It, it's like a train, a runaway train that cannot be stopped. <laughs> That's how I feel. Um, but, you know, we have to stop giving our power away to those that don't serve us, that don't have our best interests at heart. And, you know, for our young empresses and also the young kings coming up, we have to prevent prevent them and ourselves from becoming loyal slaves of servitude to the corporate plantation, to the system, you know, delivering trivial tasks that help manifest someone else's dream and work in careers that we don't love. We have to empower each other to feel good about ourselves so that we each become a temple of our own greatness and we manifest into a collective power Force. I want you to think about your current situation, where you are in your life, you know, whether you're happy or not, how you got there. You know, whether your family, you know, your job, you know, whatever it is, wherever you are in your life, your current situation, I want you to think about how you got there. First of all, when I think about my own current situation and I think about how I got there, I got there through maneuvering through a system. So, I didn't have a choice. It's like, almost like, you know, when you see rats in a maze, you, they put rats or mice in the mazes. That's the system. So think about that. So for me, that's how I feel that how my life was molded. It was molded. I was in this box and in this maze and I had to maneuver through different, you know, parts of it in order to get to, you know, a prize for example, to get to wherever I was trying to get in my life, whether it's relationships, whether it's, you know, job or whatever, children, what what have you. I was manoeuvring through the maze, but the point is it was like a like the matrix almost, <laughs> which incidentally was written by a black woman. Um, so the matrix, it's almost like that. So you're in a maze and there's you, you can't see anything else beyond the maze. It's only within that maze that you have opportunity. So this is what the system is. It doesn't allow you anything else outside of that maze. You have to work within that maze. So effectively, you are being controlled. You are being controlled within that maze. You may not, the, the, the control barriers are unseen barriers. 
you can't really see them. Some of them you can see, like, you know, laws and rules and regulations. Those you can see, um, but we learn to live with them because we learn that is society and that is how we must live. So we learn to live with these, these, these like blockers, these um, barriers. I call them barriers. Um, so we learn to live in that particular way. But there's more to it because what we don't see ourselves is we don't see ourselves as our race first and how we should be living as black people. We don't see that. That's because we cannot see what was behind us. The maze doesn't show us what was behind us, where we came from, the ancestors. Yeah. All of the, the glory. Yeah. The beautiful way of living. Um, we're, we're not allowed to see the back. So if we can't see where we're coming from, we have nothing to work with. All we have to work with is what we're shown. So we're shown that, well, in our case, we're shown that it's just the slavery. So we're shown that that's where we're shown that our past. So that's the back of the maze. And then we're having to go forward in this maze. And we're showing that these are the only places that we can go within the maze. This is what all you're going to achieve. That's it. And they're showing that some people can achieve more. Like, you know, obviously we have some people in our community, they're multimillionaires. They're multimillionaires, but they're only a few of those than people. And those people that become multimillionaires, do you actually see them doing anything to create, um, you know, to create like a self-reliant um, community um, with collective wealth? We don't see any of that. We see people just using their wealth individually. That, that is how we're made to think within the system. So all part of this maze, this system, has created your current situation. That's what it's done. And I want you to think about your current situation and think, are you happy with your current situation? I just want to step back a bit when I was just talking about multimillionaires and I just want to backtrack on there because it isn't fair to say that um, everyone just does for themselves when they're multimillionaires in the community because that isn't actually true, so I apologise for that. I mean, I just I do know there is one particular person that I do know. I'm not going to obviously mention people's names, but they've done a lot for – what they've done is they've made their money here and they've taken their money back to – and they've done a lot in, in Africa and the Caribbean. So they've done a lot there. So there are people that do that. Do that. They they hear and then they build and then they build, you know, as I said, in Africa or the Caribbean um, for our community. So there are some that do that. So, again, apologies for saying that, but the majority. So if we just say, if we talk about some of the stars, for instance, we have loads of multimillionaires, even billionaires, what do we see them doing? You know, I think I should just ask the question. What do we actually see them doing? Because we know that it can't be that great what they're doing to help the community. Because when we look around at our community, what's happening within our community? Yeah. So we're still seeing the, you know, the, the, the going around in gangs and, and doing all the badness. And that's is because those communities are set up that way so that our young people behaving that way. Remember I was talking earlier about taking away the power of, of young people. That's a part of it, how they do it. 
the power of the young people. And you have to do it when they're younger because then you're molding them. So that so again, so put our young people back into this maze, put them into this maze, take away their power, their innate power, put them in, in the maze, put the opportunities that we put are you can only you can be a drug dealer, you can, you know, be in a gang, you can do this. So all of these things that aren't going to help them progress their life and be powerful, be p- powerful, productive members of society. These are the things that's put in the maze. So it's all part of the maze. It's all, it's all done constructively. And it's a well thought out plan, what they do in terms of molding our children through the maze so that when we grow up to be the adults, we're in the situations that we find ourselves in now. We, the diaspora, wherever we are in the world, we owe it to our children. We owe it to our ancestors to go back to the motherland and recreate what they had and what they were kidnapped from. We owe it to them. We can't allow the 400 years of kidnapping and enslavement to be in vain. We owe it to them. We cannot continue to live our life in this European society, we just can't. We can't integrate and mingle and think that everything's okay, particularly where the system doesn't have our best interests at heart. We owe it to our ancestors. So we need to look deep within ourselves, look at our history, look at where we've come from, and then we'll realize what we really need to do, what our duty is. I'm back, girls. So let's just recap. Um, the last three episodes before this one. Um, and I wasn't around last week. I do forgive um, beg your forgiveness for that because I had a really important issue that I had to deal with. So uh, last week was missed. But nonetheless, um, the first episode um, of the Dark Girl Boss podcast was Fix Your Crown. Yeah. So that was about recognizing the greatness of you, the melanated woman, your crowning glory, your unique hair, understanding how great you are and all your physical, spiritual, intellectual attributes that make you who you are, your DNA makes you great. That's what that was about. And the second one was badass warrior queens. So it's talking about um, the military genius of your ancestors, how they work together collectively with each other and with the kings, yeah, to create a good life, protect their kingdoms, yeah, and create a good life for for the for their community. So that's what that was all about. They dealt with um psychological warfare, practical warfare. They did it all because they just believed in themselves so much. They they knew who they were. So they fought in order to protect who they were. Last week's one, last week's um, episode, or the last episode that I did was isms. So that was all about colorism, colonialism, feminism, racism, all about the constructs of the um, the system, the European system, how it it's developed to um, keep you locked in within it. Yeah, that's that's what that all that was about, and it all leads up 
to this one. Your current situation is not your final destination because I showed you what your current situation is throughout all of those episodes. And I've showed you how you should be feel great in order to, once you feel great about yourself, once you know that you're from genes of greatness, you will wait, make the necessary steps in order to change your current situation. So it's all interlinked. It's all interlinked. This is not a podcast just for talking. This is for action takers, yeah? To take action. This is what this is all about. So we need to really, you know, listen and understand so that we can take action on these. So, yes, your current situation is not your final destination. And I hope that you've realized that through listening to the last three episodes and also this one specifically. And I'm showing you an alternative. And it's, it's there for the taking, but it's up to you if you actually want to take it. And so, Dark Girl Boss quote, your current situation is not your final destination. For this week coming ahead, Dark Girl Bosses, I want you to think about your current situation. And if you want to change it, contact me. And let's work together to create that change. Remember, recognize your greatness and revel in it, for you cannot wait upon your oppressor to validate your God-given stature. Have a great week, Empresses. Positive vibrations all the time. This is Khadija Ward, and I'm out. Introducing the Dark Girl Boss podcast for the melanated woman and girl across the globe. Unlock your genes of greatness. Feel powerful within the skin you are in. Love your unique DNA through our stories, facts, original narratives, quotes and poems. Join me, your host, Khadija Ward, on all major podcast platforms. Feel great and do great with the Dark Girl Boss podcast, not to be missed.